on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Is Bruce Almighty the best Jim Carrey comedy since the 90s? Did they even know what they had in Steve Carell at the time? And could anyone live up to Morgan Freeman's performance as God? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio-Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me, we have the Hungry Gamers news anchor, Brendan White, and our good friend, Benny Almighty. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Good. I'm doing really well. Uh, just got back from France, had to go get my tiny nipples, but I'm uh, very excited to uh, be here today, gentlemen. What's that reference? Oh, right. I get it now. Oh. I'm with you. <laughs> I haven't watched the movie for like a week by this point because we were going to record and we've had some some scheduling issues. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're talking about Bruce Almighty and uh, Brendan's not just being weird. He's a... Yeah, my, my nipples are normal size, listeners, not tiny. They are normal regulation nipples. Oh, man. We might have to do some fact checking on that. I've got to be careful where I send that. It could be against terms of service. It's an, it's an audio podcast, so we're, we're all good with that one. But uh, yeah, Bruce Almighty, uh, we're talking about 2003 comedy. Jim Carrey's first film that we've covered in the 2000s. And I wanted to do this one because the star, the moon, whatever it was, kind of the moon, I guess, waned. The shooting star kind of fell. I'm mixing metaphors here. Where are but, you going uh, with yeah, this? Yeah, <laughs> you've lost yourself, I think. Listen to me. Jim Carrey's star began to fade that's what i was trying there to yeah. okay All right. yeah <laughs> uh in the later 90s i guess and certainly in the 2000s but bruce almighty was a, a banger it was a huge movie for him and it was kind of the one that showed like you know he can mess around with some drama he went off and did mm. eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and um you know so, some kind of more questionable movies but uh this was like, yeah, I, he's still hilarious. He can still have a huge box office hit. So I, I just wanted to start with this one. What do you guys think generally about like this movie and what were your experiences with it when it came out? It, it's funny you say that it was the whole like he his star had faded sort of thing and he'd done some mm. more drama, dramatic roles. I remember distinctly at the time when this movie came out, they were saying, oh, it's a return to form for Jim Carrey. He's back to being comedy Jim Carrey sort of thing. And I was like, okay, yeah, I understand why you're saying that because he's doing a little bit more of the slapstick goofball comedy that he's more known for. Um, so, yeah, it, I just distinctly remember that standing out in my memory. Um, and I, 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 I think it's pretty accurate too, like you said. Like, you've done the dramatic roles and comes back into this yeah went back to the well um i sort of tried to think back to to 16 soon to be 17 year old uh bren van dam and i couldn't really come up with any clear memories about when this movie like came out like i remember going to watch i think i went and watched this with my mum because my mum and i've always had a bit of a bit of a shared uh interest in comedies especially jim carrey movies so i think we went and watched this together but outside of that, it's it's pretty hazy. Like I remember, I enjoyed the movie and thought it was pretty funny and thought it was pretty good. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of it. That's kind of it um, as far as memories and experiences. Like it was a, was a fine movie. Uh, like we've got more opinions as we as we go through some of these uh, hit points. But um, yeah, 
it's fine. It's yeah. good. It's good. <laughs> it was Jim Carrey doing Jim Carrey things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's notable for a few reasons that we will get to, but I have to check myself here. Eternal Sunshine came out the year after this, but he had done a movie called The Majestic, which was like his first yeah. kind of completely serious. Like Truman Show had some drama and Man on the Moon. Man, yeah, Man on the Moon had a lot really, of drama, but that was yeah. still very like funny movies in, yeah. in in that aspect. So The Majestic was let's see if he can completely go serious, and it wasn't a success. And mm. some of the films, like Me Myself and Irene even though there's a lot of fans, they weren't like the hits and they weren't received like his earlier 90s comedies. So it was the, yeah, I guess it was the the one that, you know, his first probably hit since like, it was a bit of like a three-year gap really because Grinch, the Grinch was 2000, me, myself and Irene was 2000 and then it was 2003 before this one came out. And I remember going to it, being a big fan of him um, and... Because obviously, you know, I have I'm a Christian and I grew up in like those circles, so it was kind of a big deal to see a movie that was tackling this kind of subject. And mm-hmm. I probably went with my youth group or with some friends from school or something, but definitely got a kick out of that aspect to it because it's I, th- I think it's hard to touch on material like this that is you know when you're talking about religion or faith, it's easy to offend, but they managed to walk the line and still have some interesting ideas and concepts and make you kind of think about things in a way that I don't think was inappropriate, even though the movie did get banned in Egypt. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. They take those scenes pretty seriously over there, I guess. In, They're uh, not fans of Morgan Egypt. Freeman. Yeah. No. So, so, Benny, did you have any like memories of actually going to it and how it like stacked up to... Not the films that you remember watching? Not so much, because so that's like so two thousand three. I would have been twenty twenty. Mm. So that's like peak uh, Stoner Benny years. Um, <laughs> so I was didn't have a lot of money. Most of the st- movies and things that me and my friends were watching, we were watching DVDs and stuff. It was yeah. peak DVD uh, years for us. So you know, we all had PlayStation twos and stuff, and we were getting DVDs out to rent them. And this would have fallen into that category because mm-hmm. um, a lot of us n- never got to go to the... We just didn't have the money to go to the movies. Yeah. Is pretty much what it was. Yeah, so we would have rented the movie and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was, you know, smoke a few and uh, watch the movie of an afternoon <laughs> sort of thing scenario with this one. Um, I do remember... The reason why I remember it being DVD specifically is because I remembered when I was watching the film and I, I was, we got to a certain point, I'm like, what happened to the scene with the old lady? And I'm like, what? And so I started Googling, like, this is an old lady scene or deleted scenes. And yeah, it was a deleted scene from the movie that I remember watching on the DVD. Yeah. But I remembered it. I don't know if it was because of just haze or what in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I remembered it just being as part of the movie because it actually, the part of it, what that it was, was basically it made sense for the movie. What was the scene? Do you remember? So there's actually two scenes. So it's in regards to the prayers. Oh, yeah. So when he's, uh, like, reading people's prayers and stuff like that, when he first is going through the prayers, and there's a, there's a few of them. There's one where a kid's getting bullied. There's another one um, for a man about something or other. And there's a little old lady who's about to go bankrupt and have to, you know, sell off, like, get kicked out of her home and everything like that. 
So that's the first section that was deleted scenes. Cut to later when God, Morgan Freeman, uh, is telling him about the prayers and stuff like that. He starts showing the results of what Bruce's yes uh, equates to. And like the kid that was getting bullied, he turns into a bully himself. It turns out he was going to be a world famous poet or something like that. And he and ends up having a professional wrestling career. Professional wrestling career is not such a bad outcome, but anyway, the little old lady, she ends up having a slip and a fall at the supermarket because uh, when he answered yes to her prayer, he burst a bottle of milk at the supermarket and she slipped and fell. And then a lawyer comes over and goes, no, stay down. I'm a lawyer. And that was the ones that I just distinctly remembered it. So I actually had to Google it later and looked it up and I was like, oh yeah, it was a deleted scene after all. Yeah, but it, like, it fits into the, the narrative so well, so it just stuck in my memory for some reason. Yeah, it's always interesting why they include it in the actual DVD version mm. and not like the deleted scenes on the DVD. Yeah. And the same thing happened when we watched like uh, Austin Powers. I think, Brendan, you remember there was like the Sherbet scene was cut out and then... Oh, yeah, I rewatched that on Netflix recently and I was like, where's the orange yeah. Sherbet scene? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gone, baby. Yeah, and like watching Dumb and Dumb, like almost every, like one of these old movies that you watch on a stream, it's like a different version that they picked for the to, to, to upload for the, yeah. for the streaming service and it's like there's either something missing or there's something extra and it's yeah it's a bit well, of a trip it actually you know jim carrey movie as well the ace ventura I, I know there was like three different cuts of the uh uh what was the dolphin's name the dolphin trainer scene yeah yeah the dolphin trainer snowflake, scene yeah. yeah yeah the snowflake when he's investigating the tape there's like three different cuts where they reorder the right. sequence of those scenes and how he does it and it's like I've seen it in so many different ways now. I just I don't know what the proper version is anymore. Yeah, when I did that episode with the NPCs, I remember like Andrew was like they they cut it out. Like it's like one of my favorite scenes. Mm. It was just not in the in the Netflix version or whatever. But anyway, we digress. Yeah, um, sorry, Bruce Almighty. <laughs> so filmed for eighty one million dollars. I imagine a lot of that was just Jim Carrey's paycheck because that's the kind of guy he well that's who he was in the nineties at least. It made $484 million, which at the time, second most successful comedy ever. Behind which movie, do you want to guess? The most successful comedy ever. At the, cool. Up to that point, yeah. There's been <clears> way <throat> more since then. Like I'm Deadpool, to Deadpool think. 2, all these animated movies. Before Deadpool. That, uh, no, <clears throat> so 93, you'd be saying... Um... It wouldn't be South Park bigger, longer, uncut. So this movie wasn't came there out... something about Mary? No, no, this movie was in like nineteen ninety seven, I think. Seven action comedy, the last action hero. <laughs> That's Will, a good guess. Will Smith movie. Oh, oh Wild, Wild, Wild West. West. Oh, Men in Black. Men in Black. Yeah. <laughs> Wild, Wild West. West. <laughs> Who said Wild West? <laughs> I was half saying it, and then I realised. <laughs> I just wanted oh, to say Wild, Wild West. <laughs> Wild Wild West made three dollars at the box office. Yeah. Um, wow, Wild West. But yeah, it's interesting looking at this. Like this was the second highest at that point. Then in the same year, Meet the Fockers, I think, came out, and that overtook Bruce Almighty. Mm. You look at it now, and it's like Deadpool, Deadpool Two. And like a million animated movies, it's just like I, I guess movies make more money generally now than they used to as well. So yeah, that's the thing. 
I, I think they're a little bit more accessible now. Yeah, and the prices of the tickets go up, mm. which makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, huge hit, obviously. How do you think the critics saw it? What's the Rotten Tomato score? I'm going to say... 59. Mm, 71. I was surprised at this score. It was 48%. Whoa. Oh, damn. It's in the negatives. It's, I thought it's going to at least be yeah. above above a pass mark. But it's a rotten score. Yeah, I can't that is believe a rotten that. Score. I don't, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't really because watching the movie, I, there wasn't any part where I was just like, uh, this this part or like, Considering this the sequel, or, it's definitely not rotten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, I wonder what Evan Almighty's uh, score is. I'm going to quickly look that up. I'm going to laugh if it's higher. It is coming in at four. It came out four years later. Yeah, and its yeah, score right. is twenty three percent. Damn. Yeah. So okay. We, we will not. I mean, it be was doing, a stinker. <laughs> we will not be doing Evan Almighty on this podcast. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess I've got a comment here from Roger Ebert at the time from the Chicago Sun Times. Oh, yeah. He gave it three out of four and said it was a charmer, the kind of movie where Bruce learns that while he may not ever make a very good God, the experience may indeed make him a better TV newsman. He also praised Jennifer Aniston's performance mm-hmm. and um, said that she was going to have a good movie career. So I, was he right there? Has she had a good movie career? She's had decent She's had some pretty decent career. films. I think so. I think so. Like, And she's good in this... like. I thought they had comedy. really good chemistry. Yeah, mm. comedy yeah. with a bit of drama. Like you think of like what Marley and Me, mm-hmm. um, Horrible Bosses. She was phenomenal in that. Like Where the Millers. In that Where the Millers. Yeah. Uh, there was the one she did with Adam Sandler, which actually was pretty good too. Oh, the Netflix one that they did. No, the not the Netflix one. Oh. It was the one where like she's pretending to be his wife on the family holiday and just, oh, go, just, with just go with it. Just go with it. Just yeah. go with it. Yeah, that was that yeah. was a decent film. It wasn't great. I haven't it was seen decent. That one. It was good. It was fine. It was- <laughs> good. good okay well uh number one song when this movie released i'm sure it was one that was listened to by uh by some of us i'm uh june 2003 I, 2003 um june 2003. I'm, I'm gonna only because i saw a, ch- uh, a rage special the other day where amy what's her face from evanescence was the host so i'm gonna say evanescence's um was it, was it called Wake Me Up, their, their song? That, that, was, that, that was when their main song came out in that year, but I don't know when it oh, came out that year. I, I think he might son be. Of a gun. Oh, oh, really? Is that that's song? it. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bring Me to Life, Evanescence. That's the song. Yeah. You're on a roll lately, Brendan. I don't know if you guessed the song last time or if it was the Rotten Tomato score, but no, I think you guessed the song. I got the song and I think Matt got the tomato score. Yeah, far out. I think. You're yeah. on a, you are on a roll. I literally was watching, uh, yeah, Rage on. It was on like a Friday night of some strange reason. She was the guest host, and it was two thousand and three. I remember. Yeah. This is like um, Slumdog Millionaire, where all these things in your life just pop up, and it, it so helps Daredevil you came out in two thousand three. Ah, God! Oh, was I on the soundtrack for that movie? That's that's why I remember. I think of that yeah. movie. I think it's actually the video clip Wake is Daredevil. No, you never see him in the clip. No? You see her, um, you know. Climbing and whatever else, and the rando dude singing. Hank, the oh, maybe it was a different song for yeah. Daredevil. Yeah. It was an Evanescence song for Daredevil, I'm sure. There was a Rob Zombie song for Daredevil as well. Yeah. 
All right, what have you done for me lately? Jim Carrey's got the Sonic the Hedgehog sequel coming out soon, so stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. We just saw uh, we just saw old Knuckles get the reveal this week too. Oh, really? Maybe I, I missed, missed that. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I didn't imagine that, uh, but yeah, so confirmed. Knuckles. I thought I didn't they say announce his voice actor or something. I thought as I, I thought that's what I heard about Knuckles. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I. Mr. I, I thought I, I saw some, some art for it, and mm. I just remember thinking, "Oh, they seem that like they nailed it. There's not going to be a huge uproar like there was with Sonic Fuck. when he was first." But they learned their lesson the first time. Right? Yeah, they learned their lesson because it's like not a news item. It's, mm. not, it's not a meme. Uh, Jennifer Aniston lately. I think we've mentioned this for uh, Steve Carell's, well, because they've both been part of it. But uh, uh, the morning the show. Room? Yeah, oh, the morning the show, morning show. Oh. or in Australia, it's called Morning Wars. I think Morning Wars on yeah. Apple TV Plus. It's a uh, it's a good show. They got a second season coming okay. out. I did. I remember seeing trailers year. for it, but yeah. it's on Apple TV, so I'll never see it. <laughs> yes, unless you buy, buy an Apple it. TV, they're the best. Unless you actually, buy... no, you can actually get Apple TV on your Xbox now. So, <laughs> all right, there you go. Get on it. Yeah, yeah. And then you can watch Mythic Quest as well. Yes. Yes, yeah, special yes. special so one shot episode aired just last week and it was so good. Mm. Very good. So aside from that, Steve Carell's got the Minions movie, The Rise of Gru, which oh, is another is one probably going to oh, make God. millions of dollars. Yeah. Oh, Morgan God. Freeman's just had Coming to America. Did anyone watch that one on no. Amazon? No. no. I've been. <laughs> it's it's sitting there. I keep saying, I might watch that one day. I've heard that it's fine like perfectly fine not like a train wreck like most of those movies are that come out mm. 30 years later mm. but um one day yeah it's not on my priority list that's for damn sure but i've scrolled past it enough to go maybe yeah mm. that, that's yeah. basically the same as me he's like oh yeah there's that i should watch that well it's got morgan freeman so that's a that's a mm. tick i don't know about you guys but love this guy like oh, he's, the, he's so he's good he's one of the best we'll, mm. we haven't He's never been discussed on this podcast before, but it's it's so good watching him do comedies these days. Like when he pops up and he's aware of like his uh, persona, I guess, and he's like mm. you know godliness. <laughs> he's like, or you know whatever you want to call that, like his ethereal his, kind his of aura. vibe. Yeah, his aura. That's <laughs> he's a got good a few comedies him. throughout the two thousands, so you got a few to mm. to work with there. Yeah. So. His other project recently that's, I think, coming out this year is The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, the sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard with uh, Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. I can't believe they pumped a sequel out of this. Like, this movie was so forgettable. (laughs) Yeah. But we're getting another one, and somehow God himself has joined the cast. (laughs) It must have done all right. And uh, I don't know who. It was one of those movies that, again, it was just, yeah, it was fine. Who was the wife? Do we know the Sam wife? Sam Hayek. Okay, so she'll be back too. God, yeah, she, I watched she. the trailer the other day and I was like, oh yeah, this this thing. Yeah. <laughs> this Can we thing. just get Free Guy for Ryan Reynolds now, please? That movie's been, what, what a year now overdue? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm. I forgot about that. that Taika Waititi. That's Ryan intriguing, Reynolds. that one. Mm. The last guy I'll mention in this list is Philip Baker Hall, who's not... A household name, but he's the guy that just has been in everything and shows up all the time. He plays the the news editor of the station. Like I recognize him from Seinfeld, where he played like the library investigator, Bookman. 
but he's definitely come up on this podcast before and i just wanted to say that yes he's still working he's 80 like nine years old and he just put out something called wow. messiah like a tv show six episodes last year good on him good on him you know he was in mash was he He's in an episode of MASH. Wow. That gives you an idea how long he's been kicking around yeah. for when he's in MASH. That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So so is Alan Alder, obviously. He's still working. Yeah, but he's kicking around. Yeah. You don't see him much these days, though. Can't remember the last thing I saw him in. No. I mean his voice is in the intro of this of this uh podcast from a mm. 30 Rock episode. So he, he does yeah. things, but yeah. He's he's resting on his laurels, maybe. What is the uh, what's the most two thousands moment of of Bruce Almighty? Now that we're into the categories, I'm uh, I'm taking my shot here, and it's got to be when they're at the uh, celebratory party, the sort of coming into that final act, and Avril Lavigne is playing on the stereo. Oh, I didn't even notice. That's that's mine. <laughs> I've I had a few other ones, but like they sort of fell down my priority list. Like there's a few moments that I think are more nineties than two thousands, like the pager. The CRT televisions and stuff like that. We were getting we were getting big like screens starting yeah. to make their way in, or at least bigger TVs. So yeah, Avril Lavigne for me. She was uh she was the it girl of the the early period of the nineties there. So uh oh the two thousands I should say. Sorry. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give me give me the, Avril Lavigne. The, do you know what song it was? It was that sad one. Um, I'll, I'll you guys keep talking. I'll get the song track for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, the CRT, the CRTs was interesting because the CRT in his T uh, in his apartment or house or whatever it wasn't even that big. No, nah, <laughs> it, it was tiny. It was um, it was a small TV. They mustn't spend much time watching TV, which is mm. funny considering he's a TV news reporter. But um, yeah, yeah I, I, the I, other thing is that, like going around with the camcorder because <laughs> you know we just have these things you know can, mm-hmm. smart computer in our pockets these days. I'm with you was the song. I'm with you. Okay. Remember that one? Yeah, sure. Maybe a bit not more really, of a somber, <laughs> somber tune. Benny, do you, are you referring to like when he he's trying Gives, to like shoot his own? Yeah, yeah. Video? He gives yeah. the camcorder to the kid. Uh, mm. That's the other thing that I remember standing out to me. Home <laughs> video cameras. We don't have those anymore. Yeah, the thing that I had for this one was the <laughs> the app for his instant prayers that he oh, oh the Yahoo his, his email client. Yeah, yeah, it was a Yahoo ripoff. Yeah, so it was called Yahweh, which is the Hebrew word for God, and cleverly tied into Yahoo with the same kind of font and and logo there. So that whole, uh, I guess you, I, I don't even know if this word existed back then, but the UI of it, yeah, was um, yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I, I didn't know what a UI was in two thousand three, but no. the, <laughs> the UI was very two uh, thousands. Definitely, with all those, yeah. those internet early internet vibes. Yeah, yeah. His computer screen was nearly bigger than their lounge room TV screen. It was so <laughs> upsetting to me. <laughs> and it was a big CRT as well. Yeah, <laughs> a big old box. Yeah. So I, I guess it's not a movie that like screams two thousands. No. But that's potentially a good thing. I, I guess I don't know. <laughs> what What did you have for the most iconic scene? this this is tough because like there's not a huge amount of like big standout scenes i think it's just a lot of continuous little memorable nuggets so Mm. i i went back and forth on this and i think it's when he he gets the god powers and it's like i got the power songs and he's walking the streets and he's 
doing all his, his godlike things. So that was, I think, the most iconic one for me. Mm. Yeah, I wrote down montage of powers, comma, pleasuring his wife. Because it kind of ends yeah. with the, you know, he's like, pulls the moon down, that whole thing. Puts some extra, few extra stars in the sky. Uh, but that's really the sequence that, that builds up to that, where he's abusing his power, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had the, one other, the, but what about you, Benny? The only other one I was thinking of is when he's parting the um, is before the I got the power montage, but he's part the suit with the, the and it's like a reference to the dead, the Red Sea. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that was the only other one that went because I was thinking that I got the power song as well. Oh, and the one that me and my friend used to always quote to each other was "Time to go home, little anal dwelling butt monkey." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think I think one of my my other memorable that was like I was tossing up for a second about maybe being mo- the most iconic one is when he takes control of yeah. of um, Evan doing the yeah. news read and just yeah that's that's one of the funniest parts in the entire movie mm. um, and I then you see at the back end credits where old uh, Susan Ortega is losing her mind <laughs> that's Stephen Carell yeah. <laughs> doing these ad libs and stuff it was fantastic yeah I had Evan loses it as my other one because that's such a amazing performance from both Jim Carrey and Steve Carell and I always gave credit to Jim Carrey for that for, for some reason but rewatching it now and I guess knowing a bit more about who Steve Carell is and his comedy prowess it, it's more that like Steve Carell would have done this like crazy uh, gibberish and, and whatever and Jim Carrey would have had to like match it like he would have had to like dub, like learn learn what the gibberish was mm-hmm. somehow and make his mouth match those ridiculous noises. Yeah. The other is- thing, and it's just a little bit of improv acting that I'm guessing he did was, but when he was changing the teleprompter and he does the like little miming of the typing on the yeah. <laughs> keyboard sort of thing to change it all. Um, I just it just helps sell the scene that whole just all what Jim Carrey's doing to help sell what Steve Carell's just putting out there. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure all what Steve was doing was pretty much improv anyway. And it just escalates so nicely. Yeah. It starts from the high pitched voice and then he's like, yeah. just read the prompt and then he's like, I like you do da cha cha. <laughs> he's reading it just deadpan. <laughs> and then it's the and everything. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of funny also because I was thinking back on it. It's like, oh, here's still Steve Carell doing a bit with the teleprompter and everything like that. And then he was in Anchorman. Yeah. Several years later. <laughs> the next year, literally, yeah. Oh, it was literally the next year, was it? Oh, wow. It was, yeah. It's funny, like, and if you look the up the deleted scenes or the outtakes even, there's so mm. much of this particular part yeah. that's worth watching. And it it's <laughs> it, it always, like, the punchline is always that he finishes and he says, like, over to you, Karen, basically. Like, he just <laughs> c- continues to hold that, like, professionalism towards the end. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. What holds up the best? Morgan Freeman is God. I yep. think if there's an actor that you want to play God in in film, television, whatever, he's he's outside of David Attenborough. <laughs> this is the man you call. Like yeah. you know, it's it's just perfect, and I, I love him in this role, and I just love him as a person. Him and Terrence Stamp. Oh yeah, that's not bad. I can see that. The the whole like him meeting God for the first time is a pretty memorable scene too, mm. where. Walks in, there's the janitor, white room, goes up to the next floor and he's changing the light bulb. I, I think that the speech that uh, God makes towards the end of the movie 
really resonated with me still. It was the one about like, you know, a miracle is a single mom working two jobs and still taking their kid to soccer practice. A yeah. miracle is a kid saying no to drugs and yes to education. It's um, It could come off as cheesy, but to me it was just really wholesome and nice. And mm. I just, it, it really kind of, for a film that's kind of formulaic in that it's like, person gets power person abuses power backfires like it's a pretty standard kind of thing and you see it happen in you know the mask you see it happen yeah. in something like spider-man uh three <laughs> the venom suit mm-hmm. oh my god <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> it's just, never talk of this <laughs> you just you see this happen all the time but this has a real heart to it and that really brings it home and makes him realize that you know there's that big moment where he he decides like he just wants his wife or his, sorry, his, his girlfriend to be happy, even if that means he's not in her life. I, I just like the, the, the Morgan Freeman at the end. And he goes, now that's a good prayer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> whatever it is he says. And I, I just think there's icing on the cake for that scene. Yeah. yeah I think like outside of <clears throat> my more layup um, holds up the best answer. I think, yeah, the other thing I had was just like the, yeah, the film's overall message, you know, like, and mm-hmm. even, um, yeah, he's his catch cry at the end. You know, be the miracle. You know, like, and it's just all about you know just being a good person. You know, mm. just just doing your best and everything like that. Like, outside of all the other random jokes and insanity, it's it's got a good message that you can sort of relate to and and take on board. Donate blood. <laughs> yeah, That's the other message. Too. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything for that one, Benny? Holding uh, up for the which best? one? Sorry, we we, we got uh, what, what holds up the best. Yeah, I, I think that holds up the best. We talked about all the Morgan Freeman stuff. That holds up really well. Abusing the powers with the uh, romancing his wife scene holds up really well. <laughs> it, it just It's just a... Like, I think any man, if they had that ability to do that thing, that sort of stuff to make their wife hap- or girlfriend whatever happy, it, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know. <laughs> yeah, we all have that same sort of idea. So, yeah. Very good. I think it just held. It it held up really well. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Also, the dog, <laughs> the dog was great. The dog, yeah. So the dog was a huge part of this movie because when I went through the IMDb and looked at like all the trivia, mm. half of it was about the dog. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Half of it was about how much the cast and the crew loved working with the dog, and how this is how they did this scene with the dog, and this is how they did like. You know, how they made it look like he was urinating in the house. and Sitting how they... on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, sitting on the toilet reading a newspaper. That was a, that, that, Maybe that's the part that holds up the worst. <laughs> so surreal. I don't know. It's silly, but I love it. <laughs> I love how disgusted the dog was he's too like, when it got interrupted like, reading the paper. Far <laughs> out. Uh, what does hold up the worst? Because the thing that I had was not enough Steve Carell. I guess yeah. they, didn't, they didn't know what they had really uh and maybe the role that was just what the role was i guess so maybe there wasn't much they could do about it but when you look back and he's this huge star now like he's Mm. arguably like i I guess for the modern time he's as big as jim carrey is now yeah he's never been as big as jim carrey was at his peak i don't think but they're on the same playing field now and he's just only in it the he's only in the movie for like probably a total of like four minutes and um every time he's there it's it's fun and it's interesting because it's steve carell but the the character being like there's not really enough time for him to truly develop as the bad guy Mm. and i guess that's why they brought him back for a whole new movie (laughs) 
Yeah, like this was his this was like his biggest film to date, like in yeah. his career. Like he was doing some was it the late show? Yeah, yeah. I think he yeah. was on for for a while there and he did some TV work and stuff, but this was his biggest mainstream role and yeah, I'm, I'm with you like he could certainly have more screen time, but I think at the same time you don't you don't want to overdo it. So maybe he'd become less memorable if they sort of flooded flooded scenes with him more, but what I think holds up the worst, I found myself really really disliking Jim Carrey or Bruce Nolan throughout the entire of this movie. He is an absolute dick. Like, yeah, for just about all the movie, he's selfish. It's all about like, and I know that's part of the 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 film and the <laughs> the arc that he goes on. But like, I'm just like, I don't I don't enjoy you. Like, even mm. just little things to, you know, he's doing the you know the Ace Ventura esque mannerisms where he's you know being caricature Jim caricature Jim Carrey when I think it's not really necessary. Like, I'm just like, man, less of you and more of everybody else, please. So uh, yeah, yeah. I got really, really frustrated watching this movie where I'm like, I'm sick of you, Jim Carrey. Get someone else on the screen for a minute. Like, go away. Five seconds. Actually, one of the things that threw me was like the the time skipping a bit in the movie because I didn't really pay attention to it until I rewatched it just this last week. And it goes from, oh, we want the, the Sabres to win the Stanley Cup. And like they've... Like, they hadn't even made the Stanley Cup or they were playing terribly and all of a sudden they've won the Stanley Cup. It happened yeah, very quickly. It, yeah. It certainly yeah. time jumps a few months with that uh, with that part. Yeah, so it was just, like, a lot of sort of weird time skipping going on. And then the other thing, I, I, the party scene just feels so strange. Like, why are they in this house? Why is... Yeah, big house party. Where, where so does, whose house is this? Why are they there? Why... It yeah, just made but, no sense. Like they're celebrating him getting the anchor position, but it's not his house. And is why it his is house? Ray- I have no idea. Because he because because he sets off the the sprinklers and he still leaves. sits there. Everyone leaves except for him. So it's- and then he goes back to the apartment. No, it's not his house because he calls he calls um God I'm blanking. He calls Grace and yeah. says come to the party. Yeah, like, but it's no, not here's come the, over. Here's the thing, like. Isn't it like she's got her place, he's got his place? Because they're not. No, she's staying. She's staying at her sister's. No, this is before that though. So she goes to stay with his because the party what initiates the. Oh, breakup. that's right. The sisters what? Yeah, yeah that's so right. I just yeah, I no, still that's, don't understand whose house. house this is. So do they do they live together though? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because hmm. they got the dog. Yeah, but they can like sleep over and not necessarily live together. Yeah, it's they've, just... they've been together for years and they've got shared photo yeah. albums. Of course, they live together. <laughs> Yeah, that's confusing because yeah. he's the only one left in that house when the sprinklers yeah, I, go I, off. Yeah, I don't understand whose house this is. Where is it a deleted <laughs> scene where he buys a house? I don't know. <laughs> nah, it's it's a party house. Like they they've gone to celebrate at some house. It's not his. Yeah, but then yeah. why is there no one left when? Because he... everyone thought it was like because the the the. The, like the yeah, okay. um, sprinklers and everything. Everyone had to run out because they mm. thought it was a disaster or emergency. Okay, yeah, it was a bit strange. That. Yeah, it was a bit strange. But like, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of other wishy-washiness, like about what what what's defined as free will, like mm. you know the fact that he can get Grace's rocks off, you know, without her really knowing. Like I think that's sort of against the free will. Uh, the dog doesn't really have free will. He's making it go to the toilet and do all these things. Like it's it's very selective mm. with what doesn't and does quantify as free will in this movie. And that was one of the other things. Where I'm like, hang on here. That's the big thing that God can't do, and yet, oh, Bruce Almighty's doing it all over the damn place, like with with um 
yeah, like, you know, even taking control of Evan's mouth, he doesn't want to do that. It's against his free will. And it's happening, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's getting into some real ex- existential stuff there, Brendan. Like, yeah. Calvinism yeah. and like all kinds of little predestinations. But um, unanswerable question, that one. Mm hmm. Um, I've got for this question, as well as not enough Steve Carell, the fact that uh, he gets this blood transfusion, right? AB negative or whatever it is. And then the next scene, he's like still obviously recovering. It hasn't been that long since his transfusion. And he's doing the news report. And he says that he's donated blood twice that day. That's not a thing. No, like, you can't, yeah. like, if you donate whole blood, which I do occasionally you can't donate for like another three months or something like it's <laughs> you can't just maybe it's different in the u.s where they literally pay people to donate blood but you can't do it twice and especially not after you've had blood put back into you <laughs> mm. he's still limping on a crutch too it's like he's <laughs> he's yeah he's not recovered enough to be donating blood at all yeah there's also that very last scene where the homeless man transforms into Morgan Freeman. Mm. Yeah. That that was some bad CG. That yep. was some real creepy CG. It was impressive back in 2003, oh. let me tell oh, you. Yeah, I bet it was. In 2021. I like, the, I like they went back to the clapper joke as well, like for the end of the movie where the yeah, homeless mm. then becomes God again and then the yeah the, the scene goes to black. Mm. Definitely. Also, one last one, uh, Bruce Nolan's fashion sense when he's doing I Got the Power and he gets enamoured with this terrible shirt. And you know oh, when he yeah. changes his clothes? That shirt is so bad. I was like, <laughs> seriously, that's the outfit that you're going to be impressed by yeah, and you want that, to steal to put on your yeah. body? That's your God uniform right that, now? It's terrible. You could go for anything super flashy, like cool man suit, whatever, and that's what you choose? Like, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. What was the pattern on it? Because I I thought he just had like the open shirt, like it was flowing. a white. It was like a white button up, really long cut, mm, and it had yeah. this weird, like really faint bluey gray, yeah, like paint pattern, like almost like a paint stain mark all across it. It was gross. Right. Yeah. Well, he's a boomer, so you know, different yeah. fashion sense to you, Brandon. Well, he did rock a pretty nasty orange orange suit and top hat and dumb and dumber, so I can see that it's consistent at least. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who would be the most offended by this film? <sighs> um. Oh, besides Christians. Besides um, the Egyptians. The Egyptians. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 as a Christian, I wasn't offended by it. I thought yeah, a- I thought atheists might be more offended by it. Oh, wow. <laughs> atheists can take a joke. Um. I just—it's more like probably like you evangelical. I'm just trying to picture like these over-the-top right-wing conservative yeah. evangelical Christians is what I'm more referring to. Yeah, possibly. Because they, they can find offense in anything. Yeah. <laughs> the concept of a, a man being God is yeah blasphemous, I suppose. But uh, yep. you know, it's entertainment. We can put mm. our uh, entertainment goggles on for for two hours. That's it. That's it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, does the movie pass the internet relevancy test? Because I found a couple of uh, moments in this film that were very standout from from social media. Did you guys the uh, the the throwing the clothes off okay, um, yeah, for the night of ruckus? That's that's a big uh, that's a big uh, thing around the internet. Uh, that that's probably the biggest one that came to mind. I didn't do a search though, but that's one I've seen all over the internet for years. Yeah. So I know usually you. 
like look these up and do the gift search and all the gifts there, as like, you like to some say, of, even, I, I think it's just more of just a a meme than a gif or anything like that but this stuff of like morgan freeman as god is pretty regular on the internet these days yeah i don't know if it's from this movie but there's the pointing um morgan freeman where it's like he's right you know and it's like yeah like the comment that you leave underneath someone that's something good mm. um so there's the sequence of Jim Carrey typing feverishly at the keyboard. Oh, yeah. If, if, you, if you search typing, which I've done many times from all my, like, you know, putting in works and my writing a book and everything, it's like, yeah, like, that's the one that comes up um, all the time. And then there's also this look that he, that Jim Carrey gives when he has his powers and it's, like, cheeky, like, let's do this kind of thing. So... Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to describe, but when it, as soon as those moments appeared on the, it's, it, it's this phenomenon with with this podcast. But when you're watching these movies, these moments appear on the screen, and you're like, I've seen that a thousand times, um, and that's that's a couple of examples along with the one that you mentioned, Brendan throwing the clothes oh, off. The one where he's on the bed throwing the tantrum when she pulls the oh, shit yeah. off. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. That's so relatable. That scene. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. That's, that's like the some entire. Great... I don't want to go to school today. <laughs> um, Just great physical comedy from Jim Carrey as usual. Yeah. Uh, what would this movie look like now with modern smartphones and social media? I mean, I think I, we I, kind I... of pinpointed a few of those things like when we're talking about like what's the most 2000 sort of stuff like the camera with the and and, you know not having a camera flat screen tvs things like that um maybe the app or the program that he uses on the web interface to use to search through prayers would there'd be an app for that now um (laughs) yeah so i i think those sorts of things uh would probably be the most standout-ish Things that would change. Yeah, I think you'd definitely get some TikTok scenes or something mm. out of him, like when he's having his montage for. Like, I guess he, the, his whole thing is he's trying to become like the anchor man, trying yeah. to become popular and cool. So, mm. and when like, he's like the montage of getting all the exclusives and things like yeah. that as well, like a lot of that would be like holding camera phones and like getting a lot of camera phone footage sort of thing going viral yeah yeah like going it, viral. it was essentially became like a viral star pre-internet with all his mm. exclusives side note on the exclusives there's a deleted scene where he is um skydiving and there's a great like footage of them blowing air into jim carrey's face and his mouth just like being completely opened and wind <laughs> blowing into it for like for like 30 or 40 seconds but then when he when he uh you know parachutes and lands he lands on sasquatch so he like dis- <laughs> oh that's right i remember that so he yeah, discovers see, i remember that from sasquatch the dvd scene yeah and like befriends Sas- sasquatch yeah. and um has that kind of viral moment as well so <laughs> i can see why they took that one out it's a bit mm. it's a bit more goofy than the uh i guess the meteorite <laughs> yeah it's it's more anchor manny than bruce almighty yeah, yeah that's for sure yeah for sure yeah uh could you make this movie today what would that version look like yeah. I, I i just wrote they probably will eventually <laughs> i think you know like the movie would look pretty similar maybe you'd recast You'd recast Jim Carrey, and and not have old Evan involved as well, or, or Steve Carell. But I think Morgan Freeman would still play God. I yeah. think he's, he he would definitely come back. But 
it'd just be the same type of premise. But as you guys mentioned, um, just things would change where, yeah, you'd be a, a viral content creator as opposed to a, a famous news anchor. You know, you'd be the the biggest person on TikTok or Twitter or YouTube or whatever mm. instead. So yeah. uh, it'd just be, yeah, instant infamy, notoriety, popularity instead of recording on a tape and then having to run it to the studio. Yeah, I think instead of trying to become the news anchor, it would be trying to become the Twitch streamer or the YouTube star, like the Phil DeFranco or whatever. So, you know, it would be, why is that person getting more hits than me? Why is that podcast more popular than mine? I mean, in in our world, that's what it would be at least. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We've got some useless trivia here to go through. Uh, Just a couple of things. So, did you know that Robert De Niro was the first choice for God? I did not. It'd be a def- very different changed, delivery, yeah. that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Not quite as majestic. The fear of God would definitely be there. Like, I think yeah. you're a bit more afraid of De Niro. Yeah, I, I see Robert De Niro as more Old Testament. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a bit more fire and brimstone from, yeah. uh, from De Niro. I mean, I read that you read that stuff on the internet. Who knows if it's true? But uh, it's an interesting idea, anyway. The other part I wanted to mention was the monkey used in the alley scene that you referred to before, Benny. Mm-hmm. That was the one from Friends, wasn't it? Same monkey that was featured in Outbreak, Outbreak. in nineteen ninety five, which was and it's the that's the monkey in Friends too. Oh, there is. And yeah, yeah, also played Marcel on the uh, TV series Friends. So. A uh, reunion between Jennifer Aniston yeah. and the monkey. She, she didn't That's share great. any scenes with him, but I'd like to think that she was on set. She, she came, was on set to she see came to, yeah. She came to see What him. have you been up to lately? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you. You haven't been hanging around with that Bubbles, have you? <laughs> what a career for that monkey, though. Like, mm. outbreak in 95 and still relevant eight years later. Like that's. I wonder how much money the owner of said monkey gets for these types of things. I wonder mm. how much, like, famous acting animals get paid you'd think it would be you'd be able to charge quite a bit for an animal that's that well behaved because it's not easy to uh obviously train them it's not easy to unless unless these uh creatures are you know a dime a dozen which i don't think they are based on the fact that the one monkey of that breed that we know of in these three different things was all the same one yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um it just made me flash back to like Critters of Hollywood sign from Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> I was trying to remember what kind of monkey they had in that, but that was an orangutan. Yeah, what kind of... Like, they had monkeys in Ace Ventura as well. That's I'm right, sure. the same sort of caption yeah. monkey. in. Uh, yeah. There must be like a cracked article or something of like the most famous Hollywood animals. <laughs> mm. Or like a horse that was in like every... Like in fifty Western movies or something. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely food for thought. I'm gonna gonna go down a, a rabbit hole after this recording and and find out which is the uh the the Mount Rushmore of yeah. animal actors. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of Rushmores or awards, I don't know. Bad segue. <laughs> Steve Buscemi spark plug award. Steve Buscemi, a real spark plug. If it's if it's not Stephen Carell, I don't know what to tell you. Mm. I do not know what to tell you. Um, well, I I wondered if he had two... I, I did say he was only in the movie for like four or five minutes, but is he in the movie too much to win this award? I don't know. No, because like the ancillary characters outside of like Bruce mm. and Grace and God, 
There is none really outside mm. of like a person you walk past on the street or one line here or there. So I think it's got to be. You got the co-anchor that makes out with him, obviously. Uh, and yeah, the, Susan Ortega. The other yeah, stuff, she's from yeah. JAG. Yeah, JAG. The other staff at the news station, I guess. But oh, And, and then the, the opening and closing scenes with the, the bakers, mm. but, you know, with the cookie. Yeah. They're pretty funny. Uh, dude picking. They're pretty funny. Like Tony nose. Bennett just randomly uh, <laughs> singing along and gives gives Brewster like, "Hey, buddy, we're mates." Yeah, you got Jennifer Aniston's sister. Not that she leaves a huge impression. She does nothing. Mm. But I wanted to give a shout out to Noel Googly Amy Googly Googly Amy. I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name, but he's a guy that's in so many movies. He's the typical Mexican gangster in oh. a lot of films okay yeah. good because i was going to suggest that but i didn't have no idea what his name was yeah so so he's the one that gets the monkey up his butt monkey up the butt because that's some that's some good facial acting when that happens yeah he he, he does actually it's convincing mm. I, I believe that there's a monkey coming out his butt do you think he's dead no he's got to be like a monkey goes oh, back sorry. inside him he's dead i thought you meant the actor 100 yeah, he's it, dead <laughs> he would be dead from the from the blood loss alone yeah yeah but where's the monkey going? Like he's he sends it's it, just living inside of him, it like, like like South Park with, a, with um <laughs> Lemmy Winks. It's an anal dwelling butt monkey. Like, yeah, that's yeah, where okay. it lives. But if you look at this guy's career, right? I'm gonna read some of the films he's been in. Often billed as Hector, or Chico, or Hood, <laughs> or Latino Thug. So uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Fast and the Furious, Training Day, The X Files as Gangbanger Number One. Without a trace, old school. I'm just skipping through like to the n- most notable ones. Uh, the movie SWAT, Bruce Almighty, CSI Miami, Crank, Splinter, Gangs of the Dead, The Bucket List, Hotel you, you California. You couldn't say he was typecast at all, could you? <laughs> the Soloist, uh, Walking Dead. It goes on. The Dark Knight Rises. Uh Furious he he reprised his role as Hector in Furious Seven. Fresh off the boat, again called Hector. And the year before that in a show called Retail playing Hector. So I don't know if he's like saying like, Hey, if you want me in this movie, can my name be Hector? Or yeah, that's if- his that's in his contract. <laughs> <laughs> but uh there's the occasional Roberto and and you know, Jose, but it's mostly mostly Hectors, so Shout out to him, but yeah, I think we have to give it to to Steve because he really. Now that I think about it, he kind of does define the the spark plug kind of uh, yeah. performance. He's in it a little bit more than the typical uh, nominee that I'd like to give this to, but he he earns it just with the the pureness of that performance. Yeah, he's. I think he's like the most like he's the only unanimous winner i think in comedy rewind history i reckon like no one can come close to him for that award for this movie i mean there's been there's been a few but you know who's keeping count not me clearly no. <laughs> <laughs> well, last question is bruce almighty still a good movie it's fine it's good i think it's good it's good oh, yeah, i think it, i don't i don't see i don't know if i'd say it's good like yeah. i enjoyed it um like the the cast is is pretty solid. Like for the main the main actors and actresses, I like the message. But I've just realised as I've gotten older that old famous Jim Carrey shtick just doesn't hit the same way for me anymore. Like no. I found him annoying when 
when I was a kid, it's hilarious. So that's why it's just, it's, it's fine for me. So I think it's okay. I think it's a good movie still. Yeah. In, in comparison to like Jim Carrey's other movies. Yeah. It's, it, it's lower on the totem pole. I'll definitely say, I mean, it, it fine. Yeah. It's pretty good. Accurate um, representation for it. Cause it has, so it, it goes through the usual Jim Carrey tropes and it does some of the usual stuff. Not as good as some of his better stuff, but good enough to get some laughs out here. And then, yeah. So I, I, I think fine is pretty accurate. I just like saying it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it's in the probably second tier of Jim Carrey mm. films for me. Okay. Um, being tear them off for me. Give me, okay, give me so the top, give me top the, tiers. The top tier. Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura. I guess Ace Ventura's uh, when Nature Calls is probably in that list. Uh, I would and Liar Liar, Truman the Show, mask. Man on the Moon, The Mask. I probably yeah, I probably put the Mask in the second tier. Sorry, Benny. Oof. I know that you, you're a big fan of that. Um, and then also second tier, Cable Guy, and me myself, Irene. Bruce Almighty. We're talking comedies, so I'm ignoring like some of the dramatic roles that have mm. been some of them really good. Um, but because because this is the thing, after maybe maybe there's not enough tears. Maybe there needs to be three tears here. Because after <laughs> this film, what would be his what would be his best comedy of the last twenty years? I need to. Okay, I'll tell you what that. Cut, what that, cut, cut this edit. Oh, yeah, unless no, you want to say, I'll, I'll it, tell you what he's. So, so since it. Bruce Almighty. Limini Snickets. We're talking fun with Dick and Jane. Pretty forgettable. Pretty, nah. pretty forgettable. Forgettable. Yes, man was about the same. Had a rancid song in it, but other than that, yes, man. Again, it's just it was kind of like a rehash of Liar Liar in some ways. It's, yeah, it, it it kind of it plays the same sort of heartbeat. With um, yeah, exactly. And then yeah. Mr. Popper's Penguins, which I understand to be a children's film. Um, I haven't seen it. I'm going kick-ass too. I'm looking at his run sheet. Like, that's not straight comedy. So, I don't know if you can strike mm. that from the record, but I'd put that up he's there. A supporting, it's kind of a comedy. He's yeah. a supporting actor in that though. Like he's the main villain, isn't he? No, he's... Uh, no. He's, you know, he's one he's of the, one of the heroes. Oh, okay. Heroes. I can't remember it too well. He's um he's Colonel ca- Stars and Stripes. Yeah, his character gets killed off. Okay. And then Dumb and Dumber 2 and Sonic the Hedgehog. And he did the incredible Burt Wonderstone, which I didn't hate i thought it was okay i enjoyed that film. but the thing is all these films have something in common they're not as good as his older ones mm. and i think bruce almighty is probably better than all those to be honest yeah i'm i'm with you i'm with you uh yeah i'd uh i haven't seen I'd sonic take, but you know <laughs> i've seen sonic i'd take bruce almighty bruce over sonic by a blue hair mm. <laughs> but i would um but I'd say that what the like some of like the best thing he's been in since this would be the um that TV show Happy he was doing that was yeah. phenomenal. Uh, kidding? Do you mean? Kidding? Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah I really yeah, like Happy's that. Happy's a different one. <laughs> yeah, Happy yeah. is a yeah that is a, a different. <laughs> is Happy the one with old um Christopher Maloney in it? Yep. And the and the, the cartoon. Blue yeah. Cartoon yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty sure okay. that's Happy. Yeah, kidding. Like even though that's a bit more drama than comedy. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing he's been in since this. I uh, think film-wise, it'd actually be Lemony Snickets. Yeah, I yeah. Seen, fortunate events. I haven't seen that. 
Um, so I, it's good, yeah. Good. It is, yeah. Because it again, it's not really a true comedy. It's a children's film, but it, it's a really good children's film. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check it out when Mike is old enough to not be scared by that. It looks pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah, and then you can go watch like the full thing properly on the yeah. Netflix series with oh, yeah, um, true. MPH. Yeah. So Eternal Sunshine's the best thing he's done in the last 20 years, in my opinion. That movie is yeah. just like amazing. Um, but yeah, when it comes to comedy, I'm, that's that's why I wanted to do Bruce Almighty on this because we might not get to another... <laughs> jim carrey movie yeah it's the last great jim carrey comedy really yeah. if you look at that list isn't mm. it yeah we'll we'll have to go back actually we'll we'll do me myself and irene because there's been a few requests for people to do i that. enjoyed me yeah i like that because that's a farrelly it's brothers great. one as well it's great yeah i prefer that to this yeah if i'm okay. hearing those two against each other me myself and irene is better than bruce almighty yeah haven't seen that for a very long time so that will be an interesting one but um because yeah. I, I, I'd be interested to see people's tiers list of the Farrelly Brothers movies and where me, myself, and Irene sits. Because I, I think it's lower f- on the totem pole for the Farrelly Brothers mm. films. They've had some some misses, definitely. Mm. Uh, especially post that movie. <laughs> what was the one with... Um, the, Stu- the stuck stuck, stuck on with you. me, yeah. stuck on you, yeah. I enjoyed yeah. that one as well, but it had some downer moments. And they were also responsible for Dumb and Dumber sequel, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's bad. Yeah, that it's was bad. What didn't one of the Fallery brothers kind of do their own thing recently? I think so, yeah. So Peter Farrelly was responsible for Green Book, the movie that won Best Picture. Ah, that's a good movie too. Yeah. So he That's Vigo, right? And, yeah, yeah. And Mahashala. So he directed it, he wrote it, and he produced it. So he won Wow. So he he won multiple <laughs> Oscars for that. And this is the guy that, him. you know, wrote the probably wrote the diarrhea scene in Dumb and Dumber. So Yeah. Just, and the Prashikon magically. He's <laughs> responsible for many uh, cinematic gold moments. <laughs> should have should have won an Oscar for uh, Dumb and Dumber. I'm going to argue. Yeah, should should have beat Shawshank Redemption or or Ooh, uh, okay. or, or um, mm. Forrest Gump or whatever it was in '94. I think it was Forrest Gump that won Best Picture. Oh, they did uh, they did Three Stooges as well. There you go. That was a dud. That yeah, was a dud. Well, anyway, that's the episode. So you can subscribe. Obviously, you want to share the podcast with your friends to help get the word out. And if you want to support Eight Bit. You can start with some sweet 8-bit merch over at shop8bit.net. Got the Comedy Rewind-inspired t-shirt with that Sony VHS throwback design. Got one in the mail, I believe, Brendan. You do indeed. You do. You need, And now we're in the 2000s. You maybe need to revamp that with a DVD yeah, I don't, um, a piece of art. Is there such thing as like iconic DVD art? Maybe just do the do the the logo of the bouncing <laughs> yeah. uh, load screen. Yeah, <laughs> this is the comedy rewind logo. It's to be like yeah. a, a moving image. But uh, yeah, if you want to support us beyond that, you can head over to the Kofi page, ko-fi.com/slash/we-are-eight-bit. A few dollars a month to help keep the emotional lights on. You can get in on the eight-bit family portrait. You might have seen that floating around uh, uh, early draft on the social medias this week. It's a Star Wars theme, so you would have seen Benny as uh, Kylo Ren, was it? No, Darth Revan. Darth Revan. Yeah. It's hard hard to tell when the faces change, but... uh, (laughs) And Brendan, was yours yours Bobba? It was Bobba. I uh, 
Yeah, I, I got in and made claim for for that man early. Mm. And then there's myself as as Obi Wan or just generic Jedi because you know you change the face, you change the whole thing. Mm. Uh, I, I half was going to ask him to put the Obi Wan beard on <laughs> you as well, just to make it funny. Maybe but, you uh, can put just like the little ponytail coming, like whatever you call that little thread that comes down. Oh, the, the side. Padawan rat's tail. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but on top of that, guys, you can leave your reviews and your ratings, five stars only, over in Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, wherever you get your podcasts that also do ratings and reviews. Yeah, and if you want to share one of those Apple Podcast reviews to any one of us here on this pod or hello at 8bit.net on them emails, you can go in the running to win about 400 bucks worth of swag. Wow. So uh, get that review in and uh, that's that's open to entries all over the globe. We're not going not gonna to cut you out if you're across the pond. So uh, mm. get on in that. Takes uh, 60 seconds to write a review. Means an awful lot to us and could win you a bucket load of stuff. Absolutely. Is that yep. swag powered by Audio Technica as well? There is some Audio Technica powered swag in there. There's a ADG1 gaming headset. Uh, there's also an 8-bit T. There's an 8-bit Founders coin, as well as some other miscellaneous paraphernalia that uh, you will love. Some Manscaped swag? Maybe. I think there's some, some uh, ball toner I could throw in there too. <laughs> nice. Uh, Benny, where can we find you on the socials? Find me on the socials at the Spawny13. Um, also check out the 8-bit cast feed for all the cocktail club stuff that I've been got going on. Mm. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Number five's coming out soon. If I can get the person I want on to record it. <laughs> Brendan, where can we catch you? Uh, you can catch me on most 8-bit related content, but you can find me on them socials at Brendan8bit. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be brooding. i got to say like related but unrelated. I'm so angry at Grace Connolly in this movie that she just takes Bruce back at the drop of a hat. She makes his favourite grilled cheese. He eats one bite and then pisses off. Like She gets treated like dirt the entire movie and yet she keeps on crawling back. I'm like, you can get better, Grace. Come on, you've got those new boobs, Grace. <laughs> You're 56 years old or whatever these days, Jennifer Aniston, but call me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll eat your grilled cheese. Hit him up at Brendan 8. I don't know if that's a euphemism. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> of course, you can, you can catch me on socials at Jono himself. And dear listeners, we want to thank you for joining us on Comedy Rewind. Until next episode, be kind. It's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>